The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar right here in my basement in Evergreen Park. And pour yourself a cold one. The weekend is upon us. And this is the EP Podcast Weekend Edition. It's all brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. First National Bank of Evergreen Park is dedicated to supporting our area with great banking tools and friendly service. They're a true community bank that provides this neighborhood with customized financial solutions like total access checking, an account with free ATMs nationwide. That means you use any ATM anywhere, anytime, any fee, and they pay the fee back. So you don't pay anything. Plus, when you open up a total access checking account today, you get $300 as a bonus. Open online at bankevergreenpark.com slash total access slash EP. $100 required to open, requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply, member FDIC. I've, I've really enjoyed like the new thing that we're trying to do for our weekend episode that comes out on Friday. Just sit down with like one person and have a chat. And we've had chats with this person so many times before. She's been so gracious with her time, uh, but I haven't talked to her in the last couple of months. And I wanted to check in. Mayor Kelly Burke down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar. How are you, Mayor? I am great, Chris. And once again, thanks for having me. You are so uh, good with your time. You bounce all over the place. You do all these different events. I saw you did a... What was it? A coffee with the mayor thing? Recently? Coffee conversation and Wolf's Donuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, here's the thing: like you're working, but it sounds like it's fun. Is it fun to sit down and talk with people? I mean, like, what? What oh, is yeah, that? I, I could talk about this stuff all day. Really? Yeah, yeah. See, and people are, they, you know, they they either have comments. A couple people had um, some issues, mostly related to very specific things about their block or um, whatever. Some were just looking for information. Some people wanted to share suggestions that they had. It was, uh, I think, we had about. Um, I don't know, 10 or 12 people. Yeah, I saw, I saw the pictures. That's what I kind of figured. I, I was thinking, I, I saw the picture of it uh, on social media. And the first thing I thought was, this is very similar to what would be a P1 listener for radio. And it's something that like, I always joke about with my radio friends. If I meet somebody, somebody who's like really into the show, really pays attention to everything that's going on, you know, remembers stuff that I said like six months ago and I don't even remember it. And I love those people because they are the lifeblood of any radio station or the lifeblood of this podcast. I There are people that are P1 listeners. That's like the technical term for this podcast. And I would think that the people that show up to an event like that I like the P1 constituents. Like these people are voting no matter what. They're there when the polls open. They've got a list of questions. If they're angry, they may actually start a website about how angry they are. Like they like they're very involved. Is that pretty much what it's like with the people that show up at that? Um yeah, I mean, my experience has been most people aren't angry. Now, I'm not saying they're all angry. I was just trying to give an example like they're they're passionate. Oh, they're they get, passionate. They're, they're very interested yes. in the community. A hundred percent. Yeah. What's what's like the number one thing you get asked at, at events like that? Like the number one thing people are asking about, is there like a certain issue that always pops up or is it is it always just like uh, personal to the person that's asking? No, no. And I wouldn't say there's one issue. Like what came up on Saturday, a couple of people asked what's going on at Speedway. Um, you know, how's it going with the Subaru dealership? We talked a lot about the new playgrounds that uh, we're putting in, which most of them didn't know because... Uh, it just hadn't come across their radar, um, but they were all excited about it. So 
All, all different things. What is going on with Speedway? They, I get that question more than anything else. They're anything replacing else. their canopy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that question in a comment on the podcast yeah, yeah. every week. What's going on with Speedway? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a podcaster. Speedway should be delighted that they have this much brand loyalty. <laughs> People are upset that Speedway... I think it's because when you drive down that stretch of 95th right now... Because there's a lot of construction Between Kenzie and Western, there's so much. Because the Subaru dealership now is under construction. Mm -hmm. Gem Electric has been sold and somebody's moving in. Mark Marzullo and Norm Anderson were on a couple of weeks ago. They talked about that. They're renovating and it is moving along. Right. And then you have... You recently had, what, within the last year, Red Palm went away and a parking lot went in over there. And now you have the Speedway with construction. And people are like, what is going on? So I get it. I get that that's probably what they're, they're... most concerned about is what's going on there. I had a listener send in a question when I said you were coming on the show. Uh, he wanted to know about the northwest corner of 91st and Kedzie. See, I love this. Like, you, uh, you're probably like, I don't know what you're the, talking no, about. No, I know exactly what Okay, it, is it going to be about. a permanent construction vehicle yard? That's the question. Because I guess what he's no, saying- No, that, that, was, that was staging. That was staging. I will double check about what's still there. But, you know, we had we had a lot of big projects in town this summer and into the fall. We had uh, NICOR was uh, redoing piping all over town. And then we had both Kedzie and 87th under construction. And they were using that space for their staging. That makes sense. Yeah. Off the top of my head, I'm not quite sure what's still there now. And there's a, there's a monument building at 91st and Spalding too, right? Is well, there something that's going to, going to happen over there? Or is that like, I think it's yeah, all part of his question. I'm trying to weed these are, through so the These paragraph. are three separate parts. Three separate things. Okay. The... the <laughs> <laughs> the northwest corner is where all the the vehicles were being staged. I can double check about what's still there. I don't know okay. off the top of my head. Across the street, so the southwest corner, uh, yeah. that is for sale. Okay. Has been for a long time. Um, uh, it's a private owner who owns it. So, you know, I don't, I'm not privy to what um, negotiations or offers or whatnot that they've had. But then the property... At 91st in Spalding, which is a little bit further west, um, is an old uh, was an old casket company. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's tombstones, what it was. whatever. Right. So um, it was a property that was kind of vacant and derelict, and it was listed with the Cook County Land Bank. So the village bought it. Oh, okay. Um, and we're turning it into green space. Oh, yeah. oh so just like an area that's going to be yeah. There's it, like there, a couple there's, of trees and some grass and stuff. Yeah, like there's that. there's no commercial interest in that. Um, that we've ever seen. And so we had an opportunity um, at a pretty reasonable price to purchase that. So the village will demolish that building and create some green space. Okay. Uh, you see, I, that question, I couldn't tell how many questions were in there. You picked it apart. That's <laughs> right. that's a coffee question right people, there, right? People, is, that what, yes. is that what it's like at yeah, coffee yeah. time? Exactly. <laughs> and then, you you know, just saying the, the direction of a corner, that's eight minutes of getting everybody on board for which corner we're actually talking about. <laughs> Not everybody's great with directions. So uh, I know that you are getting ready for the first time ever that under under your time as mayor, you didn't get to do it last year, the parade. The 4th of July parade is coming back. On July 1st. On July 1st. Okay. And, and this is funny. I've had so many people bring this up to me who work with the village when I have other people on that people are always like, why is it on this day? Why is it on that day? And I guess there's some rule that they came up with like years back when Dennis Duffy was in charge, like if the fourth falls on this day, this is where the yeah, parade is. And you guys just kind of follow like a format. It's not yeah. like, it's not random. There's a reasoning behind it, right? Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, this has been in place for a while. I mean, I've lived in, in the village for 30 something years and I think it was more fluid a long time ago and in 
more recent memory, I think they've stuck with the Friday before the 4th of July. But don't quote me. Yeah, well, I just like to yeah. fake this on Friday because I can do it and yeah. then I can still get up to the lake cottage. Yeah. Like exactly. I'm going to do the parade and then I'm going to go visit the rest of the family up at my my parents' lake house. I'm like, this is perfect. If it would have fallen like in the middle of the weekend, I would have had to choose. And, you know, sounds like exactly. I might be hanging out, you know, exactly. and, and doing some stuff at the parade. So I'd be, you know, I, I want to be around and, and, and actually be at the thing. So I'm happy with the schedule. Yeah. And it seems very, uh, it seems like something everybody has uh, you know, learn to build their parties and their celebrations around. So um, I think it's a, it's a great timing. Biggest undertaking in the village? Is that well, what it is annually? I don't know about biggest, but it is a, it is a huge production. Yeah. It is a huge production. And so many people pitch in to make this possible. Um, the rec department takes the lead on organizing this, and they do an awesome job. And I have learned a lot about, you know, how you get specialty units, as they're called, um, and marching bands, uh, you know, and all the co- things that are kind of entertaining um, to commit, you know, it's a, it's a whole process and, uh, over at rec, they, they're really doing a good job, but then obviously there's logistics. So the police, the fire, um, public works, everybody pitches in to make this fantastic. And then, um, you know, we have some volunteers, people who do the announcing, um, people, <laughs> people who do the judging cause they're, right. uh, the, the, uh, entries are judged and there are prizes for them. We're also going to keep something we had last year that we kind of had as a little bit of a substitute for uh, the uh, parade. We're going to uh, keep the house decorating contest and and publicize it even more because that really was fun and uh, we saw some great entries. So we'll keep the, that'll be the lead up, the week, the lead up to the parade. We'll um, you know have some judges go check out those entries, fabulous prizes for anybody who wins. And then we'll have the parade and fireworks. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to, it's a busy weekend. It's a, it's a great weekend. It's a lot of fun. And you guys probably still have to figure out where you're going to be like the center of it, because wasn't it always like it used to for at least the last couple of years, it would sit in front of the palm and then there was almost like a party going on behind it, but now you don't yeah. have the palm. Yeah, there, we so don't you got to figure it out. Yeah. I, we, we're still, I think it still needs to be uh, in that area. area? Yeah, because yeah. um, you don't want to have it right in the beginning because, um, you know, people are still getting their, their you know, they're a little nervous <laughs> right. when they first start. So you want the bands to be at their peak. You want, uh, you know, the, we have the, the Jesse White tumblers coming. You want those kids to um, be ready to go. You want them at their best when they come by the reviewing stand. That makes sense. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, Mayor Kelly Burke, if I could ask you a couple of state rep questions. Yeah, sure. Would you mind that? Okay. Uh, you know, because I, you're the mayor of Evergreen Park, but every once in a while I go, I got a question for her as a state rep. First of all, when are you running this year or not? Like where, like I know there's a lot of elections. Are you up for re-election yes, this year? Every okay. two years. Every two years. Ends, yeah. So I, I had a couple of different candidates already. First time candidates seem to be seeking out my podcast network. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like several of them were for the first congressional district, you know, I mean, to go to the yeah. U S Congress, right. Yeah. Either on Southside pod or on this pod. And they're all new. And I find that like, as they're new, they're learning as they're going along. I've almost become like, let's test out whether or not he's good on a microphone before we put him on the radio, we'll have him do this podcast. I felt like that happened a couple mm-hmm. times already with me. Okay. Do you have advice for people considering the run for office or, you know, running for office first time? I mean, at some point you were a first timer mm-hmm. and you weren't a political insider from what I understand. You were somebody. Well, that I was paid- a trustee on the Evergreen Park well, Library Board. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. 
but yeah, I, rem- I like I've heard that when you ran for that state rep seat, you may not have been the 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 person that everybody even on your in your party wanted originally, and you found a way to win that. You know, get in there. Okay, right, I mean, I don't right. know if that's wrong or not. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, with it's any- accurate. Yeah, I mean, you were so you weren't somebody that people expected to win that seat, and you found a way to do it when you went out and, and ran for office. So you know, you have a lot of experience first time out finding a way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So so what advice would you give to somebody considering running for office? I see a lot of people are first time candidates running around, especially at the Southside Irish Parade with their clipboards, trying to get their signatures mm-hmm. and things like that. Any advice for first time people running for any office? You just have to connect with people on a personal basis. And, you know, that's hard. And I mean, a congressional district is um, I forget how, exactly how many people are in a congressional district, but it's much bigger than uh, the village of Evergreen Park or a, a state rep district. So it's a, it is a little harder, but you have to try. You have to get out and people want to know who's representing them and have a personal connection. And then when you do meet them, you have to listen more than you talk. Oh, wow. Even that'd be hard for me. Even though you've, I, it's not, it's not for everybody. <laughs> and yes, you, you, you have lots of great ideas that you're excited about. And, um, but also you really, you need to hear what's concerning people because just cause it's your number one priority doesn't mean it's people's. I would imagine no, it's, no that's a big priority. part of the job. Like you mm-hmm. become a sounding board. Mm, people absolutely. get frustrated. They want to, they're upset about something or they're worried about something or concerned about something. And you almost become a sounding board because they're like, when am I ever going to get a chance to talk to somebody sure. again who could actually make a difference? And that you get a lot of things through. And some of them, you're probably like, I can't do anything about that, but I'm going to nod. I'm going to smile. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to ease them a little bit. Yeah. And you just, you know, you engage in a conversation and I think you're trying to figure out why you know, what, what is driving their concern? You know, what is it? A, is it a personal issue? Is it a family issue? Well, it might turn out that there is a way you can help. This is what they're concerned about, but here's why. And it turns out that the circumstances maybe are something that you could help with or provide an answer for. You might not be able to solve, you know, can't solve everybody's problem, but you can sort of dig in and see how you can help. I, I can imagine that one of the things you run into even now, uh, going up for re-election or dealing with people, especially when you're you're in a party. I mean, we're, we're essentially a two-party system in this country. And one of the things that I've asked every candidate that I've talked to over the last couple of months who was running for some office, and I'm going to ask them all the same question, is how do you how do you get away from just being one vote in a big, giant group for your party? Because, mm-hmm. you know, some people now look at politics like it's either the D or the R. It's the blue or the red. And then they're just all going to go and vote one way. And I've asked, like, you know, how do you keep your individualism? How do you keep your district or your area that you represent top of mind? Because I think some people have the fear that you show up and it's whatever the party wants you to vote, you vote. Like, here's your list of what you're voting for today. You vote yes on these three, you vote no on these two, and you leave. And I think that that has become like one of those negative conceptions of politics. And I think it's true in some ways. But how do you separate yourself from that and still remember like, well, you know what? This might be what the whole group wants. This is, I get what my party wants, but this isn't, I don't like this. I don't agree with this. How do you, how do you find that balance? Right. Well, Tip O'Neill famously said all politics is local, right? So if you, you, you so let's say you're a member of Congress. Right. Um, it, and you do have these extremely weighty, big issues, but it's about what's happening at home. It's about bringing back, um, projects that you're, you know, that are needed in your area. It's about addressing the local issues. I mean, what are our two biggest 
complaining, you know, hear thing you hear complaints about trains and the post office. Right. Both of those are pretty much federal issues. I mean, I do as much as I can, um, you know, in my position to to escalate those and to keep them, you know, be the the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You know, Senator Bill Cunningham and I and Rep. Fran Hurley and Alderman Matt O'Shea have, you know, sounded the alarm for years and 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 had some victories. But ultimately, these aren't state level or local level decisions. These are federal decisions. So your your congressional contingent should be paying attention to those. And for the most part, they have, you know, but it's these are these are local issues. This is what kind of drives people crazy. So they should uh, keep those uh, in mind. And one thing that's interesting uh, this cycle with the congressional races is you have I think it's like 16 people running to replace Congressman Rush. But also with redistricting, Evergreen Park is now in two congressional districts. I know I'm not in it anymore. I no, was in the first. So right. I'm out. Yeah. Right. So so it's the the what so is like the now northeast the northeast quadrant is definitely in it, and a little bit of the southeast. A little bit of the southeast, right? It. Yeah. So that is the first congressional district, and then there's a uh, what is the new sixth congressional district, which is put which in is two incumbents, two incumbents again. Yeah. yeah, two Democratic incumbents, and then about six or seven. Folks in a Republican primary. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I so think that's going to be a really yeah. interesting thing. Just for somebody who likes to sit back and watch political mm-hmm. races sometimes. I'm going yeah. to find that just fascinating. So you did the thing with uh, Evergreen Park. I remember it was your. It was last year with the signs to slow people down. Well, yes. Are we doing that again this we year? We are doing that again. Tis the season for the warm weather and the people who forgot that children exist and they drive all over the place. It's all of a sudden like, like, like children sprouted yeah, out they're of They're all over the place now and I get so nervous watching the way it's some people drive. So we've, we've got a couple things going on with that. So uh, I, I think I talked about this in the fall. I put I, I revved up our Traffic Safety Commission, which was an existing commission, um, but it had been dormant for a little bit. So we have a, a couple new folks who wanted to get involved that we put on there. And so they have spent, they, they've been great. They spent a great deal of time um, looking at what a lot of the complaints are. And then working with our police department and our public works folks to think about, you know, how to, and I'm not even going to say solve it because you know, we're not. You can never solving solve it. bad drivers driving through your town. And not to use a pun, but we're going to try and curb right. bad driving. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That was, that was good. Boom, boom. And corny. So, um, so we, we've got, we're, the signs are coming back. I just uh, talked to Sarah from AAA uh, last week. She's getting us a whole bunch of signs. So we're going to make those available too. We'll have them at Village Hall, not yet, um, and uh, we'll we'll get them out there. We're going to coordinate again with the schools, you know, so that they do it too. We will step up enforcement um, with our police department, especially as the weather gets warmer, and then we're going to try two pilot projects around uh, busy parks, schools. So okay. one, one we're going to do, and I, I I don't have the time frame yet. Obviously, it's all weather dependent. But we're going to try something near Duffy Park and Northwest School where, you know, one of the big complaints we got is people going too fast on 91st Street. And that's a problem from the park, from the school, you know, from a lot of things. So uh, between uh, Public Works and the Traffic Safety Commission, they came up with a plan that we're going to try. It's going to be uh, a trial period from maybe the beginning of April, middle of April, through the fall, and we're going to see how it works. And then we're going to do um, something 
different, but with similar intent near Circle Park. Okay. As, you know, folks kind of come around that area so, yeah, between the through. park. People think that that little curve adds all this, you know, like subtracts right. time on their schedule and they're zipping right. through the neighborhood. I get that. So we're going to see how those work and um, and how people respond to them. If it changes behavior, if it does, might be an opportunity to expand those to different areas. If they don't work, we'll go back to the drawing board. Is it, um, and I've had the question posed to me before. So that's why I, I, I've actually had conversations with people where they've said, well, what do you think? What do you think isn't working when it comes to you see speeding and people that jump through the, the the stop signs? I don't think anybody here who's ever walked through Evergreen Park is immune from the fact that there was a point where you walked up to a stop sign and the person just drove right through it in front of you. And you're like, what? The, I'm standing right, right here. Right. You didn't even see right. me. And I think it's happened to every single one of us at least two, three times. OK, and there's so many intersections. It's impossible for police officers to be at every oh, 100 percent. Absolutely impossible. But the, the one thing I was wondering is you have schools that get out at the exact same time every day. Uh, I'm surprised that, like, has there ever been a thought of saturation patrol or the idea that for that 20 minutes when the schools get out, let's get cars at least at northeast, south, you know, like one car or in the area or something like that right. to watch those specific areas? Or is that a personnel issue where there's just not enough guys to be able to do, not enough police officers, men and women that wear the badge to be able to to handle that? Or there's other things going on so they keep, they don't have the resources to move there? Like what, what prevents that kind of like move to be like, hey, we know where the schools are. We know when the kids get out. We know the most amount of traffic that they're going to have where there's a bunch of them walking down the street is during this like 20 minute time frame. Right. Do we have time to just make sure that there's cars around during that little time frame there? Right. Well, okay. So the answer is, as you would expect, it's more of a, a personnel resource resource yeah. because it's not just 20 minutes. You know, the police officer is going to pull up 20 minutes and, and he's going to get there early because right. I mean, you, you've, you're on 99th Street. Sometimes you've got the the parents or the pickup people coming a half an hour before school because they're going to finish up their, you know, they're, they were on their way. They're just early. Now they're going to finish up their emails or phone calls or whatever sitting there. And you have parents who are late, which would have been me in the day, you know, and, and so it is longer than, you know, 20 minutes. And um, and it's also a resource thing like, here, I'll drop back on what I know from yes. when I was a 10 year 911 dispatcher for the Cook County Sheriff's Police and four years as a, as a supervisor. When you have four or five cars all assigned to a specific area and a call jumps off, right. you don't have very much left unless you have a special detail where you're paying somebody overtime or staying over on a shift right. and stuff like that. And it becomes a resource issue. So exactly. that, is that the reason to try the pilot program rather than go in that direction? Well, what we will do, well, the pilot programs are more, um, the pilot programs are going to be more infrastructure, shall okay. we say, to do this. We will have increased enforcement around schools and parks during this period of time when it starts to be spring. We just don't have the resource to do that every single day at every school. Right. You know, so, um, oh, and what we also did, it, 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 which these things are surprisingly effective, the speed wagons. So we've had two, right? And they, the police, they put them on a trailer and they disperse them around the village. And seeing that you're going fast is surprisingly effective at getting oh, yeah. people to slow down. I slow down. I go, oh, man, I'm, I'm just as bad as the people I yell about on the show. Right. So we, we budgeted for another one, which is arriving in a couple weeks. And then the police department wrote a grant for a fourth, which they got the grant and we placed the order for that. So that should be coming this spring. So now we'll have one speed wagon for every quadrant. 
and it can get moved around a lot. So it'll be more present in different spots. Um, and that will help too. All right. And if you want me to man a radar gun or something like that here on 99th street, you just let me know, Kelly, I'm all over. Okay. All deputy. Right? Okay. <laughs> deputy Chris, we got you. Well, it sounds like you have a plan. And I think that's the thing. I always see that whenever it starts to thaw out, it's the first thing I always say to myself, like, Oh my goodness. It's been like three, four months of people not used to children. Right. And now there's children. And also children not used to Children are used to, they just go run out in the middle of the street. That's the whole thing. Yeah. You know? And and then it scares the bejesus out of me when I drink. You see, I'm one of those people, like, a lot of people listening to this, they leave for the day. They go to work somewhere. They're not around here during the middle of the day, right? right? They're commuters. I'm I'm working here. I go walk up the street in the middle of the day or I go run around. I'm always in Evergreen Park during my day. If I'm doing something for the show, if I'm if I'm you know running up to the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, if I'm meeting with somebody from the Chamber of Commerce, whatever, I'm just in Evergreen basically mm-hmm. all day long. And I'm so I see just basically all I see is Evergreen. So I think that that's like one of those things where like I see the kids and I go, oh man, they're out. Right. Now I see the cars and everything like that. So I, I'm I'm happy to hear that you guys yeah. are are working on that. You got a traffic safety board and it's all, it's all good stuff. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it'll be interesting to see how it rolls out. And, you know, we'd love, um, we're going to do a kind of a social media campaign to make people aware of what we're doing and also to encourage safe driving. Um, and as we do roll out these pilot things, any feedback motorists and, you know, walkers, pedestrians have, we'd love to hear it. Okay. If you, if you have feedback, the village of Evergreen Park loves your feedback, and it sounds to me like our mayor loves talking with people. She's far more patient than me. She <laughs> she will have a conversation with each and every one of you if you have the time. She has the time, and she had the time for us today. And I really appreciate her sitting down here with us. Is, is you're looking at your notes? I feel like I should have uh, asked you a question that I didn't ask you. No, I just want to uh, have everybody be on the lookout for our summer, um, you know, our summer book uh, coming up. It, for the rec book? department, no, not a village book, oh. but for the rec department with all our um, all our activities, all the classes, all that. Okay. Um, in addition to the Fourth of July parade, we are going to have our summer concert series again. I don't have the concert dates in Smashing here. Smashing Pumpkins. Maybe? We are not having get, the Smashing Pumpkins. One? We are going to go maybe the Limp Biscuit reunion. Right, maybe the Thrashing Pumpkins. They're like a tribute <laughs> band or something like that. We'll see. But um, so we'll have we'll have our summer concerts. We're going to have Rich Daniels um, at Fifty Acre Park for Labor Day again. He lives right around the corner. I found he that out over, right over, the, the over the winter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got a lot of great a lot of great things. So sign up for the eBlast. Um, watch our website. You're very busy on social media. You're very busy on social media. You said that when you when you were when you were going through the election last year. That was one of the things I remember you saying on this show that you wanted to be able to to reach out to people and keep them more informed. And it was one of those yeah. things that you brought up and you did it because yeah. I could see, I mean, you, you have two people now doing different stuff. Like you have Glenn yeah. over in the community Glenn. center and you brought in somebody else that's doing the stuff out of the village. And yeah. there's like website updates and you're, and you're, you're going to start like, I can even see like people can like pay for things online. Like you're going into the, I know into it's going to be, gonna be 20, 2010 here pretty soon. <laughs> So that's something we are working on with the rec department. Of course, like with any software rollout, it takes longer than you think it's going to. But eventually, they're working real hard to get that up to speed. It won't be available for the summer, but we will have it. We are planning on having it available after where you can sign up online, pay online, all that, all that good stuff. And Glenn has done um, a great job highlighting a lot of the programs in the 
community center, especially with uh, Office of Citizen Services, which um, you know has a lot of great programs, but they were a little, uh, they didn't have the personnel to do a lot of their uh, outreach. And he's he's been fantastic over there and uh, you know they all love him. So um, they've kind of picked up participation in a lot of their things. They have all these cool day trips. They've got a, what else do they have? They just had their corned beef and cabbage dinner, which was like their biggest uh, participation since before COVID. Well, of course, because beef prices were so high. If you can get over to the Office of Citizen right. Services it was and get some deal. corned beef, what the it heck? It was a deal. Yeah. And they're doing a uh, grandparent and grandchild um, ice cream social during spring break. They've got a whole bunch of trips. It's all good. Awesome. Awesome. Mayor Kelly Burke makes time for us. We really appreciate her doing that. She also is a very busy person, so we are going to let her go. Thank you so much for sitting down here and, uh, and hanging out with the EP Podcast. Always my pleasure. Look at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP we're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805. It's the EP podcast. All things Evergreen Park. It's the EP podcast. Evergreen Park. <laughs>